Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Sports Facts, Stats, and Smacks with Avery and Kevin. Today, we have a little bit of a different episode. I think every episode we do is a little bit different, but we were, it's storming out today, and we were going to go out and play some disc golf and talk about that, but instead, we're making what we're just going to talk about some of our favorite sports stats and facts in the world. So, I I have some pretty fun ones. I hope Kevin does as well. So, well, I mean, we could have added to the stacks world of you know how quickly can we get fried in an electrical storm playing the disc golf? <laughs> yeah, that that could have been a fun competition. We could have got some hubcaps and used those instead of discs. I still got those horseshoes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we picked out three of our favorite stats. We'll we'll talk about each one for a bit. Do you want to go first? Uh, how about it? Okay, so I'm going to start with this one. So this man is weighing in at six foot, two hundred and thirty pounds, world champion and record holder in many things. World records he held because some of them may be broken. This is going way back to 2007. So chicken wings, crystal hamburgers, pulled pork sandwiches. Oh God! I'm not going to go over the times. Steak, 72-ounce steak, funnel cake, Philly cheesesteak, Pizza Hut pea zones, <laughs> salt potatoes, Taco Bell taco. That's 53 tacos in 10 minutes. Oh. Corned beef sandwiches, tamales, apple pie, and the list goes on. I could be here. This could be a whole podcast on this one man. Living legend. Fourth record, of July specialist. Fourth of July specialist. If you haven't figured it out yet, we're talking Joey Chestnut, who is the world record holder in hot dogs. He's had this record for a while, and he's like he got the original record in 2007, and that was when he won the 92nd annual Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest by defeating six-time defending champion Tokuri Kobayashi. I hope I pronounced that right. And he consumed 66 hot dogs on his way to just being a champion. He's eaten, I think it was in 2015, he had 70 hot dogs. In 2017, he raised the bar again to 72. The following year, he raised the record again to 74 hot dogs. And this is in 10 minutes, by the way. I was just going to ask what the the time span is. Or sorry. Um, 12 minutes, I do believe. Um, Two minutes is what, another three hot dogs for him? <laughs> Not at that pace. That's, yeah, 74. And, but yeah, now the record. He, he still has a record, which, again, in 2021, he raised the record to 76 hot dogs in, in 10 minutes. It is 10 minutes. So I don't know if you saw the contest this year. I was actually planning a weekend around it. And I, 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 just because you, you hear about it year in and year out about this guy. And yeah. I was like, you know what? I'm going to try to check this out. And then life happened outside of the house. So I, I totally missed it. Yeah. So I saw the highlights. He was injured this year. So he had something wrong with his leg. I think he tore tendons or something. I also heard something along the lines of he had to stop in the middle of it because some protester or something yeah. jumped up on stage. Yeah, there was a pro. You are right. There was a protester that jumped up on stage, and he put the guy in a chokehold. Well, he has like 
three or four hot dogs in his mouth. <laughs> like, it was a quick chokehold. Got him down and then still wins the competition. I think he ate 62 hot dogs, 64 hot dogs. Injury. Work. Protesters. The man does it all. He's a living legend. He's a goat. Yep. Yeah, so many records that he has. Like, just looking at the list, like poutine, 28 pounds of poutine in 10 minutes. I think I'd be dead after two pounds. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was talking to my wife. We should go to the uh, Leopold's Tavern. They have, I think it's a four-pound poutine, and it's like this oh. big fish bowl. And I was talking, like, we should have, like, two or three people with us so we can do a podcast about it. And we do it on a wildly successful mess hall podcast. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, like, I don't even know if I would be able to finish that off, like, with two or three extra people. He's eating 28 pounds of poutine. Well, this past weekend, I went down to a barbecue house. Yeah. And they've, it's called the OMG WTF. <laughs> And OMG WTF, it's a five-pound sando. It has your coleslaw, it has your baked beans, it has your mac and cheese, it's got your pulled pork, it's got chicken thighs. I mean, luckily and gracefully, they took it off the bone. (laughs) (laughs) And then then you got your uh, brisket, and the bread is nice. But, I mean, they pre-cut it in quarters. And luckily, there's enough people, because there's no way I'd be able to handle that. How many people do you have eating that monster? Four, quarter each. Okay. Nice, and nice. we did all right. A little bit of leftovers came home, but all in all, it was, <laughs> it was doable for a, a group of four. You know, maybe if yeah. there's a fifth person that wanted to dip in on a little bit of that. But, like, what type of training does this guy go through? I will tell you what kind of training this guy goes through. I'm glad you brought the deets. He trains by stretching his stomach with milk and water and protein supplements before the contest. And he's been doing this since he's been a competitive eating and his weight usually varies from 225 pounds to 240 pounds. Um, after winning his sixth consecutive hot dog eating contest in 2012, in 2012, by eating 68 hot dogs, he stated, I will not stop until I reach 70. This isn't a sport about eating. It's about drive and dedication. And at the end of the day, hot dog eating challenges both my mind and body. Oh, my God. <laughs> so... He says he trains for hot dog eating contests by cooking hot dogs at his house and then eating them in a simulated competition style and starts with 40 hot dogs and works his way up until he gets in game shape. Game shape. Game shape. Wow. <laughs> That's not like your average NFL or CFL or NHL or game shape or baseball. No, but he's, he, he compares it to running or lifting weights for other athletes. So I I would say, and this is going to get into a whole bunch of stuff. Like, is he an athlete or not? You know what? I'd almost have to say yes. I'm saying yes as well. Like, you're doing something. It's a contest. You're training for it. I'd say it's a sport. Yep. Oh, absolutely. Definitely. Yeah, it's more than just a hobby. It's not like he's just doing this on a, once in a while, out on a whim, oh, I'm just going to shove a whole bunch of hot dogs down. No, he's training for it. He goes, he has to qualify like any other person. He has to go to qualifier events, and which he does. And, yeah. That's that's really interesting, and it's absolutely crazy. Like I mean, the training of everything and then the lead up to it. But after that, like, I mean, that's the biggest one of the year, obviously, on the 4th 
of July weekend is when this big thing is. That's when you normally hear his name mentioned. Yeah. So what's he do? Like, what's the downside of it going, like getting out of that system for a bit? Or does he like, I don't know. I never researched the other side of the contest. I've researched the beginning before contest. And frankly, I don't want to know about the after contest. No, I, you know, I don't want to know how the sausage is made sometimes. <laughs> you know, other athletes, like you used to see it on Sports Center way back in like the early 2000s, where, and I think the Ottawa Centers used to be famous for this, where after the game, the, they go in and interview the players and they all be on the bikes and, oh, yeah, yeah, like yeah the post game yeah. interviews. And, you know, I don't think he's going to be going, Post game and having a couple hot dogs winding down, bag of chips and a water maybe. <laughs> I'm not even going to think about the post nope. post show. That's got to be like hell either way on your body though. I mean, as you said, they like, put them in the athlete category for sure. Yeah, because there's got to be like some some medical insight to that. Can your body handle this? What's the repercussions of it in the long run? Like. And you said he's been going for, what, 2007, I think you said. Yeah, yeah, he's been doing it for a while. He's been a competitor, competitive eater. Like, even the toll on the body, like, that weight fluctuation going up and down. Like, But he's he's a master of the sport, so he probably has, he must be working with, like, some kind of nutrition or dietitian. Absolutely, or yeah. Some kind of doctors, so. And he must, he must have to work out, too, like, he. You're putting that much strain on your body, and it goes out and in. And yeah, he must have to work out too. Yeah. So, I don't think training for that is just going to be sitting down and relaxing no. on the couch. <laughs> Maybe have a masseuse come in and massage your stomach. Yeah, not, not something I'd ever uh, attempt. No, or think of attempting. You know, let the pros do what the pros do. Yeah, I I, I can't get past the uh, dunking of the bun in the water. That just freaks yeah. me out. So. Yeah. I can't do that. If I spill pop on a hot dog at a barbecue, I'll, I'll just grab another hot dog. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm the same way. Mushy bun, I, I couldn't get past that. So all the best to them. Yep. They're great athletes and competitors. So what, what's your favorite stat here? Or one of them? Uh, one of my favorites, like growing up the whole, my, my whole life. I'm still growing up regardless of what anyone wants to say. <laughs> <laughs> Huge NASCAR fan. And unfortunately I wasn't, they're live for it. But in 2003, at the uh, Darlington Race Track, Ricky Craven beat Kurt Busch for the win at 0.002 seconds. <laughs> and that was later again done in 2011 when Jimmy Johnson beat Clint Boyer. Like the same Talladega, the same amount of time, 0.002 of a second. And now we're so many years and generations of cars forward on this. And I mean, they tinker with it all the best that they can. Like you're not seeing, you're seeing more packs. Sometimes you're seeing way like spread out. But I mean, if you could push the engines to that, then it's almost scary what they would yeah. do now. Well, especially with aerodynamics and exactly. lighter materials. Yeah. And yeah. So when they were deciding who was the winner, how much time did it take them to decide that? Like, it's not just you could look at it and with that much time it looks neck and neck like on TV. oh absolutely and I I mean while refreshing my brain this this afternoon I took a look at it and I was like 
oh crap yeah that's right yeah like this is what it looks like and at what 190 miles an hour yeah i think it took them if i'm not mistaken about 10 minutes to get okay. the, to get the film down slow enough so they could see what part of the nose from Ricky Raven was to touch the line first yeah that's that's quite incredible like just being that close it must be heartbreaking for the other person now when they were coming to the line was he winning the race or well, did he come from behind the win the Jimmy Johnson Clint Boyer won in 2011 i don't remember as much yeah couple beverages may have been involved in his race the 2003 one i remember watching it and they were coming off the fourth turn yeah and they were banging the crap out of each other's doors like they both come off loose and it was just bang 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 the whole way through and by the time they straightened out it was probably 10 feet away from the line okay so they were i mean they neither of i mean kurt bush was upset obviously especially that close yeah, yeah, but they didn't get mad at. I mean, that that was racing. Yeah, I mean, you, you got loose, you bumped into each other, but yeah, that was. I should say, a heartbreaking for the second place at oh, back. That yeah, break. and I think first double digit number for closeness of race, because first place was tied with those two uh, races. I think you got down to the eighth or ninth race, and I was. Point zero one zero of a second. Oh, okay. So, I mean, that's from well, anything under a second is well, anything under a second is amazing. Like to be a judge to decide that, like you're like a fraction, like a hair. Like you probably want to just put something on the tip of your car, so like a clown nose or something, just to have that little. Yep. Oh, absolutely. Uh, it's a great race, though. Uh, definitely out of all the races I've seen live or 99% of them on TV. Yeah. <laughs> no, just def- definitely one of the best memories of watching it. Nice. Nice. So are we off to the next one. Let's bounce her back to you. Oh, Hey, my one, this one's going to be a little bit of a long one because I love this story. The record I want to talk is about Cal Ripken jr. Okay. 2,632 consecutive games played and it was over more than 16 years. Right. It started on May 30th, 1982, ended on September 14th, I do believe. To September 19th, 20, or 1998. And all that was at Baltimore, wasn't it? Yeah, he played Baltimore his whole career. But there's conspiracy theories to this. That his son was playing for him? Nope. Even better. I don't know if you've ever heard this, but it's one of my favorite conspiracy theories. One of my favorite baseball stories of all time. Okay. So in 1997, Cal Ripken is one of those guys who gets baseball stadium first. He leaves last. He's dedicated. He's Mr. Baseball. Like You're not missing any games. That's what he's done. You know, he's a great player. He forgets something at home. He goes back home. Oh, no. Kevin Costner is at his house having relations with his wife. <laughs> now, this is where the conspiracy theory happens. Now, there's I've read this story a long time ago, and I researched it a little bit more today, and I'm seeing a little bit more of a different story. So there's it's loosely based on a lot of stuff happening. So the way I remember, and, and I have done my research, but I like to hear... 
the first time I heard this story. So he goes home, Kevin Costner is railing his wife. Sorry, make love, bumping uglies, whatever you want to call it. Maybe they're own they're doing their own sport. Sliding into first base. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's uh, one way to do it. Um the way I've heard the story the first time is Cal Ripken punched him, beat him up. Hurt his hand. I also heard, read the story where he's just too upset to play that night, but I like he punched Kevin Costner. Sounds better. Up. Yeah, it sounds way better. Comes back to the stadium. He can't play. His hand's injured. Oh. So the team covers for him. It's um, coming into the game. I think it's, yeah, it's August 14th, 1997. So dog days of summer. You know, it's first pitch is supposed to be out 735. Suddenly they're having electrical issues at this new stadium. Baltimore has a new stadium at this point. Right, 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 yeah. Camping yards. So, 845, still having electrical issues. They call the game at like 10 o'clock. Randy Johnson is supposed to be pitching. <laughs> so, you know, it's casting, because some of the lights aren't working, it's casting weird shadows over home plate. You don't want to have Randy Johnson throw in, and he's a big unit. He's yep. he, He's killed birds. <laughs> Um, Some may say that's a little soon. I think it's right on par. <laughs> but, yeah, so, you know, they can't play that night because they're having electrical issues. So they have to, that po- is po- interesting. They have to postpone the game. And one of my favorite parts is years later they were interviewing one of the grounds crew at from Camden Yards. And they said, well, we have the best lighting system in all of Major League Baseball. And on top of that, we have the best backup system oh, of all of Major oh. League Baseball. So, you know, that just adds to the conspiracy theory. I don't Absolutely. know I don't know who this interview was with. I don't know who was the interviewer. I don't know who the grounds crew was or anything like Sounds that. Sounds like someone was a bit jealous. <laughs> yeah. So, I love the story. I love the mystique about it. I love the conspiracy theory, and I'm not all about conspiracy theories like moon landing or COVID not being real or whatever. But yeah, I just love this story because it's very plausible. Absolutely. Yeah. So that's why I like it because and Kevin Costner has denied this for years. Cal Ripken has denied this. Kevin Costner has said, I couldn't stand that guy's wife. If I was in the room for more than 10 minutes with her, I didn't like her. So, it's an interesting thing to say. They were friends. They met on. They were actual friends. Cal Ripken and Kevin Costner. They met on the set of Dancing with Wolves. I think. Oh, okay. Okay. It just has all these things of a great story. It, it does. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, both of them will keep that to themselves. Whatever happened, happened. No one's finding out whether whether he was uh, sliding in the first base or if there's electrical. <laughs> Issue in the best stadium, you yeah. know, at the time. Definitely interesting, but I mean, did Toronto ever use anything like that with the retractable uh, ceiling? Ah, uh, well, we, <laughs> our pitcher's on a streaker right now. Did no, I, I've seen a dome closed during a game one time, and they had to get the grounds crew out when they first opened it. So it's pretty interesting. But no, I don't think that's ever happened in any other state. Well, you. I don't think it would happen in other stadiums because you're not trying to protect 
protect some guy's uh, streak. And Fair those enough. Iron Man streaks are a little bit less yeah. now than what they were. Because I think there's a difference in playing now than what there was. Like, you go back to the 80s and 90s where every where you were an everyday player unless you got injured. Yep. But now you want to rest your star players. You give them a day off here. You give them a day off there just to make sure their bodies are covering properly. And so there's less emphasis on being that everyday player. And I don't think it's looked down upon like it may have been in the past. So, But, I mean, these athletes are bigger and stronger built year yeah. after year yeah, after year. Exactly. So now we're sitting at an era in baseball where – you get a starter and he's ready to go in five days. Yeah. But as, and as you said before, it was like, all right, coach, I'm ready. Yeah. The next, the next day or two days later. So well, I hear back way in the early 1900s, a pitcher would pitch a double header. Yep. Like that was his, you know, you'd never see that now. Like, no. You wouldn't even think. Half the teams don't even show up for a double header. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I just love that story. Like, yeah, this, the streak, the Iron Man streak, is pretty impressive on its own. Like he took that from Lou Gehrig, who had two thousand one hundred and thirty games. Oh, okay, okay. And that was way back in nineteen twenty-five to nineteen thirty-nine. And when he started that streak, it was just after Everett Scott ended his streak. So he's number three. Okay. At one thousand three hundred and seven games. So look at that, like. Like another one thousand three hundred games on top of what, like below Cal Ripken. That's the top three, and he started his like June, June of nineteen sixteen, and ended in nineteen twenty five. So May fifth, nineteen twenty five, he ended, and Lou Gehrig started his on June first. So okay, okay, yeah. I mean, there's there's what three hundred and some odd games a season. No, one hundred sixty two. One hundred sixty. Okay. Yeah. Well, this for the Jays anyway. They're not. They're not playing playoff games. <laughs> no, no, no. If you go, if you lose four out of five to the worst team in the league, you're not going anywhere. Yeah. But uh, funny thing about strange fact about Lou Gehrig, got Lou Gehrig's disease. So, what's your next fact? Wimbledon just ended not that long ago. Yeah, I heard. I heard that there's like a tennis match or something. Yeah, something, something minor overseas. I was curious, you know, length of games. You know that that's you know that gets old after a while. You know. Okay. So I looked more into this closer, like the, the little parts of the game. And I came across the fact of the amount of volleys in a game. Okay. For, or Sorry, not in the game, but in a rally, in a single rally. Okay. And it was August 8, 2015. It was Angelo and Ettore Rossetti, brothers. They successfully did 30,576 volleys. Oh, in one go? Yeah. Like for one point? How long did that take? Um, I didn't see anything on the time. Like, was this a singles match or doubles? I I don't know if it was a singles match against each other or yeah. if they were just on the court. Okay. But it is a logged in Guinness Book of World Records. Uh, the brothers also used to have a record, and not sure who beat it because it was not what I was looking for. <laughs> they used to have the World Guinness Record title holder for longest tennis rally. So they went from the rally to the amount of volleys in a rally. Oh, okay. Now, was this on purpose? I'm guessing there was something behind yeah. it. Yeah. Because you've, you've got a regular tennis game. Yeah. And the men's is already five sets, whereas the ladies is three sets. Yeah. And if you're going extra points each time in the men's, you're almost looking at a five and a half hour, six hour match. Uh-huh. So I don't think anyone's really going to want to partake in 
that is one point. And yeah. So I, I think it's more of a glorious thing. That must have been played at a uh, one of the smaller stadiums, not at the main stadium <laughs> there. Is it called Rolling Greens or something? I can't remember offhand. Quick, to the internet. <laughs> oh, no, Rolling Greens is a, oh, it's a golf course in Lloydminster. I mean, they could put a net up in the fairway. Might be found upon. Yeah, I think I'm just, it's just played on a green court, or green grass court outdoors at the All England. Weston Racquet Club in Weston, Connecticut. What, Rolling Greens? No, where this was. Oh, okay, so it wasn't at Wimbledon. No. Just Wimbledon's on your mind. Wimbledon's on the mind, kind of, you know, it's over and done with. Yeah. Okay, that's kind of a cool fact. Wimbledon has put up some great matches in the past, though. I mean, yeah, present and past. Uh, you had your Agassiz and your Sampras and your and the Dells. So I mean, they've had a lot there. Yeah, yeah. So my third fact, and this is going to be a quick one. I'm not going in conspiracy theories. This is pure 100 percent fact. Michael Phelps has more, won more Olympic medals, gold medals than Mexico. Sorry, what? <laughs> Just himself. Yes, more than all. Mexico swimmers. Yeah, no, more than Mexico, not swimmers. Oh, the country in gold. Yes. Wow. Yeah, yeah, that's an amazing record. I thought that was kind of cool. I mean, again, a, a specific specimen to do that. Yeah, so he's won more gold medals during his career than many countries, including Portugal and, Mexi- Portugal and Mexico, have won since like 1896. So. Wow. Yeah, so that, I thought that was kind of a cool fact. Yeah, I mean... Again, he, he can say, I've done everything I've wanted to do yep. in a pool. I mean, I don't know if he could be a gator, but hey. <laughs> uh, my third one, apparently halfway through researching, I realized there's a UK handball and an American handball. It's too late. Miss it on the UK stuff. But <laughs> the longest handball game was 33 innings uh, with eight hours and 25 minutes. 32 innings of it were played April 18th and 19th of 1981 in the last inning i don't know there's no reasoning on the delay the last (laughs) inning was june 23rd 1981 (laughs) that's interesting i like handball that's such an interesting sport that it it is yeah like it only comes up during olympics usually like i think for north americans but it's so cool to watch i like it it's fast it's exciting it's an olympic event that actually keeps you awake yeah yeah i think most do like summer olympics i don't know I don't get excited about the running ones, but like those ladies beach volleyball. Yeah, that gets excited in another way. Um, <laughs> may I digress? Speaking of Kevin Costner, um, yeah, but like, yeah, like archery, I find that's kind of cool. And yep. just like all these sports that you don't watch, just handball is one of them. I enjoy seeing that. So now I have to look more into, I don't want to watch eight hours of a sport though. <laughs> like, that's a long time. Like I, cricket, is weird and exciting, but I don't want to watch like a three day cricket match at all. No, not at all. That's just that's long. That's... All of a sudden, the kids to bed, and I'll look up the eight hour match. <laughs> <laughs> book a couple days off work just to watch it. Sorry, boss, can't do my job. <laughs> can't come in watching fucking handball. Sorry, nobody's getting any work done today. Well, they don't get much done when I'm there anyway. <laughs> I'll just say that right now. All right, fine, I'll do it. Yes, sir. Yeah. But yeah, um, I thought this was kind of fun. I learned a couple things today. Um, I like talking Cal Ripken streak. I'll talk about that with anybody. 
at any time. If somebody stops me on the street, hey, how you doing? Well, did you hear about Cal Ripken? <laughs> like, I'll talk about that no matter what. I think it's amazing. So I think we'll have to do this again. I like talking. I, I like it. It's just a, like quick little pickup things, you know. I mean, yeah. And nor- normally we have the things planned, but you know, just the little improv of the <laughs> hours before is always nice. Yeah, but hopefully we'll do some disc golf in the future and. Absolutely. Maybe I'll try to get a guest on for that one. I know we have a disc golf player, so. Oh, check out Barbecue on the Bow. May long week, or uh, September long weekend. And and the other event doing that weekend, the. Uh, the uh, Highland Games. Yeah, which is kind of cool. So yep. Definitely options around Alberta on what to watch, so. Cool. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Thanks.